Thing is a Bad Movie Podcast. I'm April Lemansky. My name is Justin McClue. And I'm Colin Cunningham. And this week we watched Eye of the Tiger starring Gary Busey. And we also watched The Crater Lake Monster. And that's the one we're going to start with. Crater Lake Monster is a movie that I just wanted to watch because I knew that there were some stop motion effects in it. And I'm a big stop motion guy. How about you? Do you guys love those kind of effects? I do. Um, I was never like a huge fan, but then we watched this documentary about Ray Harryhausen and I, I was really opened up to how many movies there really are out there that use these effects and what kind of impact it really had on the film industry and filmmakers as a whole. And this film, it had really, really good stop motion in it. Okay, well, I'm older than both of you and <laughs> I grew up before CG, so all I really had growing up was, was stop motion and stuff like that. In the Crater Lake Monster, this is not Phil Tim. It. It's not Ray Harryhausen. It's actually a guy named Dave Allen who did the uh, stop motion effects in this film. And Dave Allen, if you don't know that name, he is probably like under those guys. He's like in third place because <laughs> he was the guy that would work on all the productions after stop motion had pretty much already passed. He worked on movies like the Puppet Master series, directing Puppet Master 2. He did a whole bunch of full moon stuff. He did a lot of stop motion in the era when stop motion was getting lame and people were like cutting it out of movies. He did a scene in The Howling that you can see on the DVD where the werewolves are all in stop motion like reacting to the fire and Joe Dante's like oh yeah this doesn't fit so we cut it out and that's really the only reason I wanted to watch The Crater Lake Monster because if you look at any reviews online it is not a very well loved film as I said it was from 1977 directed by a filmmaker named William R. Stromberg and it was his only directorial effort this is like regional filmmaking 101 what? (laughs) it's like his only movie? (laughs) I mean like to sum up the plot really fast it's about a bunch of people in Oregon at the Crater Lake and a monster shows up and that's pretty much it. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot more. This is a very, very unfocused movie. I <laughs> yes. say. It's Ultimate-esque, like, if you will. That's how it kind of... St- yeah, it is. It's like you were saying at one point, it's like... You it's start, like, you start like with shortcuts one, or something. Yeah. You start with one character and you move to another character. You start with three characters character. and then I don't think you see those characters for like another 40 minutes in the movie. But it is a movie that like you can feel everybody wanted to make something really good. For like sure. there's like little flourishes of like, oh wow, look at this camera move. But before we get into that, let's yeah. go around the table and say, what is the one thing that you liked about the film? April. Um, a little general, but I'm going to say cinematography. Oh, man. Sorry. That but, was my thing. Well, there, okay. there's a lot to say about cinematography. First of all, just really good, like, wide shots of the location, which was, like, a beautiful, what looked like a national park. Wonderful shots of the lake, which is where this stop-motion monster comes out of. You can see, like, fog coming up from the lake. And not only that, but there were a lot of tracking shots dolly shots shots where you know someone's saying something somewhat dramatic and it kind of zooms into their face mm-hmm. it gives it this like cinematic quality which i 100 was not expecting this is a blu-ray release yeah mill creek put it out the uh, people that are famous for like dumping films in the last few years i think like rights lapsed on a bunch of companies and they just gobbled it up and they've been dumping like 10 disc sets or double bills this one is double billed with Galaxina on Blu-ray <laughs> and you could probably pick it up at Walmart for like $8 but it's like a, a, a restoration right? mm-hmm. it looks it spotless. looks great yeah, like it looks really good and the only reason you can really tell that it's the 70s is because of the fashion I guess like bell and the haircuts and- yeah, and the haircuts um, as well. Which, uh, side note, that was the other thing I liked was the clothing and the haircuts. But I picked cinematography. <laughs> oh, you're taking both of my things. <laughs> Sorry, April. no, I won't talk about that. But also, I wanted to mention the color because it was 
a lot brighter than I was expecting. It might be due to the restoration, mm. but colors were popping and almost this whole movie took place outside. So there was like lots of beautiful trees everywhere, lush forest vistas. It looks really nice. And a consider lot of, a lot of golden hour shots. Yeah. Like, like a shot of like, you know. The, it almost feels like when they were filming, they're like, we didn't get it. We have to get it real quick before the sun gets down. And yeah, it happens yeah. to just be like that golden just hour. Beautiful sun setting or possibly sunrise. This is stuff. like, I can't say like the cinematography was really good. There was a lot of lock-offs and wides and stuff mm-hmm. like that. There were, yeah. But you can't go wrong shooting that location. It's like everything just looked gorgeous. And, I think you could have gone wrong and they went pretty good well fine <laughs> you just don't fuck it up yeah you, know, you just you just it's like natural production value yeah they stepped back and kind of let the setting kind of speak yeah for and i mean most people who probably saw this movie did see it in like a really muddy full screen vhs tape exactly. that was probably by like a fly-by-night distributor yeah and i mean it's also a film that it hits that sweet spot for me where it is so uneventful that when something happens like we all kind of sit up like when yeah. there's a zoom or like a dolly move we're like ooh wow did you see how long that dolly move lasted especially that like the characters are just not there they're like a bunch of like anonymous people yeah, I, that drop in and out of the narrative I have to say this movie the story is so unfocused <laughs> yes. like this thing it loses track of the main characters it kind of opens up with two students university students who are kind of in an archaeological site in a mine and they kind of wake up uh, I guess this professor and they're like come on we gotta show you something and they find these cave paintings indicating that there was this sort of monster <laughs> fighting these sort of like cavemen way so back you in assume day. that the monster's probably in the cave and will be let out right no, no exactly they immediately leave the cave and, <laughs> yes. then, and then it cuts to well they leave the cave because it cuts to uh, a meteorite a flaming meteorite flying and landing into the lake right by them and the monster's on the meteorite right no <laughs> don't find out until the end causes a cave in so they have to leave and then they decide okay well let's just go check out the meteorite then mm-hmm and then just so happens that the meteorite lands right next to an egg, mm-hmm. causes the water to warm. We find out this way at the end of the movie, <laughs> yeah. by the way. We're the middle kind of, of the movie is just monster attacks people. You don't really know why. I wouldn't even say the middle of the movie. Well, the, the middle of the movie, movie <laughs> is my favorite part of the film, <laughs> which is really the heart of the picture, yeah. which is these two hillbilly guys who like, the, 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 the sheriff is like, you can't rent boats. And they keep like accidentally renting boats to people. And they're like, oh, shucks. Oh, no. And they like fist fight and throw each other in the water and there stuff is, like that. Like I swear a 10 minute fist fight between the two of them and it is so bizarre it just keeps going on and on and on and they get thrown into the lake that's right one of them is going to get eaten by the monster which does not happen no Uh, nope because they're the heart of the movie we just want to hang out with these goofballs they're these two guys who live together and they're alcoholics and they're probably lovers i think the subtext is subtext. they have a bait shop and they rent boats they rent boats to uh, two other So pretty much everybody in the movie. So anytime someone's attacked, they're in a boat. Yes. There's like a city person who's like, I just want this boat. And they're like, ah, city folk. Well, that city person gets eaten by the monster. Yeah, and then the... Uh, uh, magician and his wife. Uh, <laughs> who does no magic. A magician shows up in the middle of this movie. And, and his wife. And <laughs> he also has a backstory where he's also an alcoholic. Yeah. Um, not important. Though. Which Every- is the best line of the movie where he goes, I'm not going to dry up right away. I may be 
moist for a little while. Like, moist. She's like, okay. She's yeah. like, she's don't like, do the uh, sword trick I'm on not me. Don't do the sword in the box trick while you're still drinking. And this disappointingly, is, he uses no magic. This no. is a continuing thing in this movie. It's where uh, all of a sudden, like, you know, you said that these main characters in the first five minutes, they disappear for the entire movie almost. <laughs> mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, the whole movie is just pretty much like introducing these new characters. You're just like, okay, where is this going? They get attacked by the monster. They disappear from the movie. Then we get these new characters out of nowhere. Get a lot of backstory on them. They get attacked by the monster and disappear. But the kind of through line, I think, are these two kind of Duke Goofus and Galant. Bumbling kind of They're rednecks. They're like lumberjacks. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, something that Colin would recognize, Laurel and Hardy. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I have no reference for that. Uh, I went to school. <laughs> I went to school with those guys. Yeah, they were real crack ups in class. Oh, trying uh, to get that piano up the stairs uh, and they can't do it. Uh, reminds me of that show Three's Company. <laughs> so, Colin, I just set this up for you of what your favorite. What is the one thing that me and April didn't mention? I just teed it up for you. You can just you can just knock it out. Uh, what, Arr, what am I doing? Oh my I'm god! Not even, yeah. Being the monster. Yeah, there you go. I'm telling you, when the monster does show up, it looks really really good it's it's cool you know it's a little janky in the integration five but minutes into the movie right okay. right away and we yeah. were kind of like thinking is this going to be one of those movies where let's play all the cards right now and show mm-hmm. you the monster immediately there's a guy hiking in the woods and you're like oh my god it's gonna happen oh here's something over his shoulder blah 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 it goes to the pov is it gonna be dead yeah it's a very gonna... small monster <laughs> like, yeah it's very it's clearly up. like about two feet over the the grass <laughs> that he's walking on turning the camera like five feet maybe yeah. yeah but considering they cut to a stop motion puppet of a yeah. giant monster it's right like, away wow, okay cool this is like yeah getting it all out that's great um yeah it was really it was really well done uh like i said it sort of has that kind of like integration issue like color correcting yeah you know, like at that time it's 77 when you had to run a special effect to mat it into the frame yeah. you lose a generation totally which makes the monster pop but yeah pretty pretty good for, no problem but very time. well very well animated and i really like the design of it it looked pretty cool didn't look anything like the actual uh live action prop that they built there are two different monster props used in this movie there and by the way it looks like the loch ness monster to give you a visual uh not to be confused with the amazing poster you can find online where a t-rex is on the cover in shadows <laughs> no it's like a, a long neck with like the uh little fins <laughs> like a platypus a brontosaurus with platypus little fins but yeah. that's, that's the stop motion monster which is like a full well you see the whole body basically but then they just had a giant monster head mm-hmm. it looks like a t-rex head kind of and you see it close up and you'll just see like the teeth kind of snapping and then it'll be near somebody and then that person has blood all over them oh, but that, there's, there's very uh, rarely any interaction between the, the person bit, that's, like, yeah the person's like ah it's kind of like it's a, implied. Yeah, it's kind of like you gotta struggle with it. Make you gotta sell it. It like bumps into a boat a couple times. I mean, I'll take a giant like fiberglass head that you can tell it can't go under the water either. Oh, for sure, yeah. So it's always like floating on top over yeah. like a CG or stock footage any oh, day yeah. of the week. You get the idea of how big it is at least which mm-hmm. was pre- it was a big prop they only had the head and it has the big we were watching that one scene it just sort of went on it was a shot of like the head floating forever uh, yeah. and we're like we're looking are the eyes moving and then like, and then the oh, eyes yes! move and oh, we're like yes they got moving eyes on this thing I'm like wow a movie like this you can tell like the director and everybody working on it were like really focused at making this like the best thing you can feel them sitting around going like this is probably better than Jaws am I right guys like cause they're like <laughs> yeah. ripping it off 
off and they, there's even the like very close to Jaws or the theremin the there's certain scenes and I think it was when the magician and his girlfriend are getting attacked in the boat and then they kind of run ashore and the music and the way she's acting like screaming against the rocks it is right out of a 1950s movie like you know da 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was like an intentional homage kind of. I think that it was probably in that period of time where they were kind of transitioning out of it. Because like think Jaws so. was a 50s movie done with a big budget. Yeah, so there's that yeah. shaky like, we're almost there, but we still have these inspirations of stuff we see on television, like all the Roger Corman or the AIP pictures. Right. But this one, it was like, if you if you took away the style, like the 70s fashion, maybe made it black and white. And like made it full screen. Four by three or yeah. something like the music, everything would have been perfect mm-hmm. this is from the 1950s so. and i just want to say as well that like this movie has a really bad reputation and it was actually really fun like if i sat there in a theater having to sit there and watch it i would probably get bored it moves kind of like molasses but every five minutes the monster shows up yeah it's like, it, it goes all over the place it's yeah. pretty meandering and Even it has it's just for a few <laughs> seconds it shows up yeah. can we talk about the this it's talking about like meandering storylines it introduces a... The bank robber? The, well, he's not a bank robber, but he's like some Sorry. crazy... Convenience store robber. Yeah. Starts in As the convenience store clerk says, can you please rob a bank? Starts in his house. This is how much backstory they have on these random characters. Starts in his apartment. He's drinking, runs out of booze, and he's like... And he kind of packs up his gun and then decides to rob a liquor store and shows up at this... Like, drives all the way to the liquor store, practically in like real time. It's a real day-in-the-life kind of movie. Movie, like all these like, characters yes. by Crater Lake. That and this are... is in the middle of the movie, and you're like, who is okay, this hold new on. character? You Where are the characters that we saw at the beginning of this movie? And then you get like a car chase and a car goes over a cliff, which he, really excited us. Oh he, yeah, a real car goes over right. a cliff and explodes. And you can tell how they did it as well, which is that the driver's side door is open. Yeah. So they probably rev the engine. And then just jump. And if you look in the movie, it actually doesn't go straight off. It goes off on its side because they probably couldn't lock the wheel. So yeah. that's why it like turns off to the side and like lands and crashes. Right. It's like this whole so he like murders uh, a woman and the clerk at the liquor store steals a bottle of rye he uh, doesn't even rob it he just takes booze just takes <laughs> one right, right? one right. bottle of Canadian club listen Crater Lake is a tough place Canadian club <laughs> Canadian club is worth stealing and <laughs> as Canadians this episode is brought to you by Canadian club yes yeah. for sure and then, like uh, so the sheriff later in the movie like sees this uh, bottle of booze in his car they get into a gunfight a car chase the car goes off the cliff then they get another gunfight and then this guy ends up by the edge of the lake and then he's eaten and you're thinking okay this guy has to die horribly by this creature uh off screen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you don't even see He's it. Dead. This film has like a weird kind of feeling that they almost wanted like that PG-13 kind of like 50 sci-fi feel, but at the same time it'll rub up against like, oh, they find a decapitated head. Oh yeah, that's yes. right. <laughs> or there'll be like a little bit of blood or the finale of this movie, which oh, is like the, the most hilarious it's like wonderful. tugging at the heartstrings, almost like bleak nihilistic 70s finale. Yeah. And I'm not one usually to go like oh I like it when like people die at the end of the movie just for the sake of it but the way this plays out and just holds on a character who's like I can't believe he's dead <laughs> these are the two bumblefuck uh, rednecks <laughs> one of them dies about... the other guy is so upset he's like 
just sitting Ten there. Ten feet away, just sitting there with his back to the well, core. Well, I think we have to kind of set the scene up. It kind of like... They get like a bobcat. It's like a bobcat. It, kind of, it's like, like a miniature bull. bobcat. It's a miniature bobcat, like, like bulldozer, bulldozer thing. And then they decide to fight the creature with that. They ram it into the creature one of the rednecks is on it and he's got a shotgun and he's like what have i got myself into and he's like i'm out of here and he jumps and then we're watching it and we're like oh boy he's dead yeah and i hope that the monster picks him up and it turns into a little stop motion man and then it does yes we were so happy man was so like floppy like it had like again like because that was stop motion like it had such good movement to it that it looked really it kind of it yeah, he got he, real. He got tossed to the side, and then yeah. it cut to the live action guy, and it worked really well. It was like really the well crater lake monster. Like you can tell, David Allen spent hours and days on this. Like when yeah. it opens its mouth, its tongue flaps, and yeah. like its flippers. And, yeah, and the teeth looked really, really good. Mm-hmm. I wanted to mention that. Like yeah, the, the, mouth the stop great. motion head, not the practical head. <laughs> it, it, it Love has, the practical head. It has head. a lot of like character and so much detail mm-hmm. to it. Yeah, I really liked it a lot. So really, we give this movie ten out of ten. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what is the other movie that we watched tonight? Second movie we watched is called Eye of the Tiger. I believe it's from 1987 and it's starring Gary Busey. 1986. 1986. Oh. Yeah, because remember afterwards we looked and we're like, whoa, this came out before Lethal Weapon, which made Busey the star that we know oh, as today. Right. Okay. So when was uh, Rocky Three? It must okay. have been a few years before that. It because... must be because the, the song was a huge hit. Yeah, Eye of the Tiger. And people were like, we need to buy this. We yeah. need it in but this it movie. Couldn't have been too soon after because it would have been too expensive to get the rights to that That's song. right. I feel like they probably blew all their money on the song. Yeah, because they use it yeah, three times. Three times. We counted it's in the movie three times. And then they also in the, they work it into the soundtrack in like a kind of riff. They do a riff on it one time. It's true. Like the melodic quality of the soundtrack is very similar to that song. Mm-hmm. So what's the plot of this movie, April? Okay, I'll try to summarize it as best I can. So the plot of Eye of the Tiger goes as such. Gary Busey has just been released from prison. For what? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it's ever stated exactly what he did. I, I might have missed it. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure it was, I, we're having too much fun. I'm sure it was something minor because he's the hero of this movie. Mm-hmm. So it starts with him being released into society. It, it couldn't have been like murder or like no, I'm sure it was sexual like, assault or anything like that. Or yeah. something. I'm sure you find that like out at the very end of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, I can't believe I did like 12 years for rape. And you're like, what? For being a pedophile. Oh my god. <laughs> he's our hero. So he's being released from prison. He's being released at the same time as this other guy who is like a slightly taller Tony Montana from Scarface. He's literally he's doing, like a, doing Tony a Tony Montana, Montana impression and he has like a white suit on. And so they get released at the same time and you get the impression that these guys are friends. And this guy is in a car. Like he even a con- has a scar on his oh, face. Does he? Okay. Yeah, he he's does. in a convertible drinking a out of a coupe glass of champagne. Convertible with Rolls the, Royce. With the bottle and he's talking to Gary Busey and he's like Hey, anytime you need anything, just call me. And I only mention this because it's set up like, oh my God, this guy is going to come back later. It's going to be a big thing. He never comes back. It's very, very <laughs> unfortunate. He says something like he points to the scar on his face and he's like, hey man, if it wasn't for you, I'd be breathing out of my throat. Oh, so in prison, he In prison, it's implied that Gary Busey saved him or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Keeps... Which is weird because Gary Busey only gets into one fight in the movie and he gets beat up really badly. Yeah, it's just yeah, very weird. It's just, it was unfortunate because it seems like such a cool character and then he never comes back. But anyway, side, side point. Drops Gary Busey off in his hometown. Yeah, so he comes home and it's a very, very small town. 
town. And then we get the impression that the town has kind of like gone bad since he's been, <laughs> since he's left. The town is not like he remembers it. There's a corrupt sheriff. He goes home to his wife and young daughter and he kind of gets on the bad side of the local motorcycle gang. And the sheriff, played by the yeah. most threatening man in cinema, Seymour Cassell. Who's <laughs> introduced in the movie uh, lying, lying on a couch with a Hawaiian shirt wide open and uh, a wearing tie. a bolo tie. <laughs> yeah, it was the style at the time. <laughs> and it's implied, I guess, like, uh, yeah. you know, he knows Gary Busey uh, and he's like, oh, you better watch yourself. Or yeah, Wes Anderson's like, I love Seymour Cassell <laughs> in Eye of the Tiger. He's going to be in all my movies. He, he seems to have it out for Gary Busey for some reason. And uh, Gary, I just don't like your face. Yeah. and uh, Who would? <laughs> and Gary Busey is also friends with Yafet Koto, who I believe is another cop, but he's kind of just like, like, uh, I'm just putting in my time. He's never wearing a cop No, uniform. he's never wearing I'm a cop uniform. I'm pretty sure he's supposed to be a cop. He is a cop. He works under the sheriff. He did say yeah. something. They have a conversation at one point and he says, like, you know, because I'm black, it took me 12 Longer, years to make sergeant yeah. and all these, like, idiots. Are so they're friends, but he he's aware of the corruption that's going on. But and he he's said, like, yeah. there's nothing I can do about it. And then, uh-oh, Gary Beaser just wants to lay down and have a normal life. But he has to go and save a nurse that was about to be sexually assaulted by these evil bikers. By a motorcycle gang. And I think he's just out doing something in his I driveway. He's and here's, here's, here's his spider sense again. His beauty sense. His tiny teeth are tickling. <laughs> Do I know some cocaine out here? Oh my god. I feel like cocaine plays a big part in this movie's climax. Yeah, and it has nothing to do with Gary Busey, which <laughs> no, is strange. yeah. So after that, let's just go into what our favorite parts, and I'm sure the plot will be revealed that way. Colin, <laughs> okay. you can have the first go because we trapped you last time. Well, okay. Yeah. Well, I will say there's two things. There's two. Well, okay. One yeah, thing two. I think. One thing I think we're all gonna agree on, which is the probably the last. 20 minutes of oh, this movie. the best part of the are movie. Are fucking amazing because like climax. it's set up at the beginning of the movie that this sort of Colombian guy that gets out of prison with Gary Busey is <laughs> I like, assume he's a tech wizard as well. Leaves him, leaves him a note and he says if you need any help I'll pay you back give me a call at this number. So immediately Gary Busey gets into trouble uh, his wife is killed by this motorcycle gang and he a side note his wife is killed uh, yeah, very weird scene. We didn't really know the first time we watched this that his wife was actually. Uh, she doesn't really play much of a role. She just gets fridged. I think she has in like these. Two, she's in two scenes. Yeah, she's um, like, I don't want to stay in this town. Yeah, and he's and like, okay, we'll leave. Yeah, and then later, the motorcyclist just bursts through the walls and they murder. Literally bursts through the walls of his house and so he wants to get he wants to get revenge. And then his uh, daughter, his young daughter, is catatonic through the entire movie. She's just yeah. Um, so he he gets on the phone and calls this Colombian guy, and then later on in the movie. These Colombian guys deliver this truck, this yeah. thing, and you're like, and they're showing it off, like, whoa, it's got joysticks and like missile launchers. It's a jacked and, up truck. It's a, it's incredible. And you're like, I can't wait to see Gary Busey use this. And then the first wow. thing he does is lay a metal wire across the, yeah, the street, is, and you're like, why are you using your truck? And which then is the fantastic, head pops by the way. Off. Yeah, uh, he uh, yeah cool. he spread, uh, lays a metal wire across the road, and then these motorcyclists come by. And one of them is decapitated. It's amazing. In it's a classic really gag. Classic mm. gag. I told you to cut my sandwich. <laughs> I'm just waiting for someone to say that. So and you're waiting and waiting for this truck to be used as it should be. And then at the end of the movie, it is. And arguably the only action scene in the movie. There's uh, smaller action scenes. Yes. There's gags. But this like is he blows great. somebody up. Oh, this it's so is, good. This is something. It's almost like kind of road warrior levels <laughs> where it's like the bad guys have this crack cocaine 
It's uh, like a big compound. Yeah. Compound. It's <laughs> yeah. like a big dirt field. It's literally it's bigger than the the oil uh, well and like the the road warrior. Yeah. Like it's fantastic. It's so massive, and they have like you know outdoor showers, and uh, they have like an airplane, like a, like <laughs> yep. a runway, and everything they, like they that. They have kidnapped his daughter at this point. Put she, her in a cage. She's in a cage, <laughs> high above everyone and separate from everyone, so she doesn't get hurt while everybody else is getting shot up. Yeah, and blown he, up. And he goes in with this uh, truck. Uh, Let's call it. A super truck. A super truck. Yes. It's like kind of not on the level of a uh, Tango and Cash. cash. Yeah. Not on that level, but it's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's got like missiles out the back. Lots of mortars. It's got like machine guns in the back. It's like, oh, I wish the machine guns were in the front. And then it opens up oh, and there's yeah. machine guns it's in like, the front. It's amazing. It's and it has like bulletproof sides and everything like that. And then while this is going on, Yafet Kodo is flying a biplane. Like dressed like uh, Snoopy in like a big red biplane. <laughs> yeah, which he's like, like the Red Baron. He's <laughs> yeah. got like a the scarf on. Yeah. And He's got like the, the kind of goggles and the leather helmet, and he's blasting James Brown, some, like, <laughs> yep. kind of eighties James Brown, and dropping grenades on the entire compound. And this whole scene is fucking amazing. It's amazing. It's uh, like these are real people in danger. Oh yeah, like cars crashing. And... Oh, Stunt, stuntmen everywhere. Awesome. Just, just jumping out of the way. Great, fantastic. Explosions, fire, everything. You name it. How about you, April? What was your favorite part? Um, or what was good about it? What was good? Well, so many, so many things were good. Oh, I gotta mention the leader of the motorcycle gang. Uh, just the motorcycle gang in general, which, by the way, were really, really like scary. Like you would see them slowly come up from the distance from a really, really super. Wide I remember area. you like, said like, like "Whoa, their lights are on and it's daytime. <laughs> yeah, That's the scariest thing." All like not hundred percent of them because I think a hundred people are in this gang possibly. When you see that big compound, you only see them like four at a time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. See, uh, same four guys. See <laughs> a group of them at a time, but they all are always wearing their helmets and they're just slowly creeping up and they have these big giant lights on their motorcycles. And, you know, scary music is playing. Sometimes, it's a pretty long lens too. Yeah, it's sometimes it's more just kind of like the eye of the tiger kind of dun, 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 dun. but it's still like kind <laughs> Not of... Not quite. It's like dun, almost. They're just teasing the audience. It's almost that song. But they kind of like creep up towards you and I mean as the movie goes on you see them do these horrible things they're robbing people they're they're <laughs> raping people they uh do a horrible thing where they dig up gary Busey's wife oh my god this they is the dig worst. up her coffin drag it from their motorcycles and then bring it to his house that's a real wrestling move that is okay this that was gonna be my <laughs> they second don't, favorite they don't thing. take her out they just bring the coffin oh, it'd be amazing just, if you just like pop down to this is the desiccated this is the cruelest thing it's, like, it's implied it's like the what's in the box from seven it's like you <laughs> don't need to see what's in it it's Awful. the idea of it and Gary Busey's very upset about that oh, that would have been amazing though if like the villain like took his wife's corpse and put it around his shoulders like looks like she's got a new bow <laughs> that's right that's what I'm saying they can't go that far but also the leader of the motorcycle gang actor's name is William Smith. Smith yes I know him as the bad guy from Get Even which is a great movie Get Even, he Get even yeah. yes Get Even he plays Normad Normad um, <laughs> he's just this like big like kind of hulking guy who has this super gravelly voice and it's really kind of scary and he's I don't think he smiles once during this movie oh, I love he smiles once during his life he's not <laughs> he's not like that kind of villain the whole movie he just looks really like upset and like like 
annoyed and like distressed. Well, like William Smith was a guy that like made his bones to uh, take a phrase from Riverdale, uh, the classic show that we're all watching. Right, guys? Right? No? Uh, Shaking your heads? Okay. I used to love those Archie comics. (laughs) They used to be 10 cents back in the day. (laughs) Is um, the fact that William Smith acted in like a dozen biker films, most of them directed by Jack Starrett, and he would play like kind of the anti-hero but kind of likable, which is funny that at this point of his career, he's still playing the leader of biker gangs. (laughs) And like you said, he's like stone-faced the entire time, no smiles. frowning. And he he wants his entire character to be defined by his hair, which is like... He has a very bizarre hairstyle, (laughs) which is like like a backwards mohawk. It's it's bald, and then just like a (laughs) mohawk on the back of his head. No, he has a mohawk vagina on the <laughs> yes. back of his it's, head. It's a mohawk with a, a bald line down the <laughs> That's neck. right. And then he has a tattoo on the top of his head. <laughs> yeah. And then a dangly cross earring on like his left. You know, it's all about like Feng Shui and how it all moves together yeah, on his head. Yeah. So my favorite part probably has to be the greatest scene of getting information from a character ever to be on screen. Oh my god, yes! Which is that Gary Busey like lays up one of the motorcyclists and he's in the hospital bed. He has like a breathing apparatus in his neck. He's like, can't move. Everything's hooked up. Gary Busey walks in. He's like, I need to know where my daughter is. Tell and the guy, my daughter. And the guy's like, ugh, shaking his head. No, he spits on him. Can't so Gary Busey it. takes a stick of dynamite and like, he lubes it up. You know, he and doesn't he want really it. really lubes it Like it is a, it's like a pound of Vaseline. He sticks it in the Vaseline jar. Vaseline's and then he right sticks it up the guy's butt and the guy's like, ooh. And he's like, tell me where she is. And then he lights a match and you realize that it's dynamite that he stuck up the guy's butt. <laughs> and you're like, holy moly. Holy Holy shit. (laughs) And the guy's like, and Gary Busey's like, write it down. And then the guy writes it down and Gary Busey just walks away. Write down the address. Yeah. And then I'm sitting there going, oh man, I hope I'm going to see a dummy explode. But nope, the guy gets so freaked out. He gives himself a heart attack. No, it's, yeah. It goes to forehand. It goes to like the kind of like readout. It's like his heart rate is going. And as soon as it goes to the, towards the dynamite, he goes. He dies. He dies. And then then the the thing fizzles out. If if you guys like, I know you've probably thought about how you want to die. If you went out by someone stuck some dynamite up your butt and like that was it and that's like people you're like oh I remember April Mansky I went to high school with her she yeah. died with you'll never her boyfriend she died stuck. <laughs> Colin stuck dynamite up her butt <laughs> I don't, I don't know she didn't explode it's just the stress of it yes so hard. Like, yes you were saying you were going I hope he's, they he's they, imagining they... his ass exploding and that's what made him die you're yeah. like oh I hope they cut to that dummy in the bed yeah exploding. Loading. You just need a one second shot and then it cuts the exterior, the hallway of the, the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> and like Gary Busey's walking away. Yeah. Like, but I mean like, as far as that question, would you rather be <laughs> blown up with dynamite or being eaten by a crater like monster? Uh, dynamite. <laughs> dynamite? I'm going with the dynamite. Well, he doesn't die by dynamite. Like no, well, he has a heart explodes. attack. His yeah. heart explodes. He's so killed, but... <laughs> yeah. If I'd rather go by dynamite. <laughs> really? <laughs> Come on. I mean, but if you're killed by a crater like monster, I guess you would just kind of like... That could take hours. <laughs> I mean, the Crater Lake monster is not taking you He didn't eat anybody either. He just kind of bit Yeah, people. just bit him. Like, yeah. he wasn't even, like, yeah. eating them. He was just kind of, like, mauling them. Much, which makes yeah. me wonder about what his motivation was. He's just, like, a jerk. You don't, even, you don't even see, you no, know, they say, they say in the movie, he ate 
all the food in the lake and now it's hungry. <laughs> okay. They, they said that. I mean, too. that's the way that I eat two oh, pizza. I just take a bite and like shake and then toss it aside. Yeah, yeah and it's like, oh. Which is how they killed the crater lake monster as well because they kind of just drove this bulldozer into it and then it had like a mark on its neck and then it just goes. Well, they they kind of like lowered the blade. Again, of the, of that the kind of thing. like grizzled up a bit and then it just. It does the King Kong stop motion where yeah. it's like, oh, and like shakes a little bit, like it's a little bit sad. And then it kind of like collapses. Twas bulldozer that killed the crater lake monster, <laughs> and that's what will go down in history in the lore of the, the way that I died. <laughs> I hope so. Like, April Drugs. and Colin died. <laughs> no, I'll say <laughs> both. Dynamite up their butts at the same <laughs> time. Yeah, but I'll, I'll do it like each had dual heart attack. I'll do a little speech at your funeral. <laughs> Twas a bulldozer that killed Justin DeClue. Or you know, my cowardice when I'm like, oh, get me out of here. I hope that Will Sloan, my partner in Port Cinema Club, is going to be all sad, like lying there, and he's like, what am I going to do now? I don't know why I have the southern accent, but in the scenario he does. Twist. Twist cowardice. What am I going to do now? That's my Will Sloan. Your funeral. Twist cowardice that kills. There's a picture of you and then a picture of the crater priest. Why would you put the thing that killed me? Am I like a Jesus type figure that like, everyone starts wearing like crater Crater Lake like monsters around their neck, <laughs> or like the Michael Phelps uh, <laughs> Crater Lake monster. The uh, the, well, rubber, my, the rubber bracelet. I mean, Michael Phelps didn't get killed by a rubber bracelet. <laughs> <laughs> no. Did he? Do you know information I don't know? No, Why is he dead? Sure. Oh my god, no, he's not. No, is it the sorry, it wasn't Michael Phelps. <laughs> it was, it was the bicycle guy. Oh, <laughs> what's his bracelet. name? Oh, that fucking. You just uh, said it. Something Armstrong. Yeah, that fucking twat <laughs> that like cheated. On cheated. Him. Yeah. yeah. He's I an asshole. Well, he's a piece of garbage. Yeah. Paul Lance Armstrong. Armstrong. Lance Armstrong. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So anyway, at the end of this episode, I would love to uh, have Lance Armstrong killed by the Crater Beast Monster. <laughs> crater Lake Monster. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, where can you find these movies? I just wanted to say Eye of the Tiger is available on a four-movie DVD, which I got very cheap off Amazon. Yeah, it's a um, Shout Factory release. Oh, it's one of their, yes. like, action packs. It's great, and they, it looks really, really yeah. good. All the movies on this disc yeah, look D- fantastic. DVD, but very good quality. The other four movies on it are Alienator... Exterminator 2 and Cyclone, all very good. Uh, whoa, Possibly whoa, whoa. future episodes. Two of those movies are Fredel and Ray films, a guy I really like, but his movies... I mean, Cyclone. You haven't seen Alienator. I haven't seen Alienator, that's right. Cyclone's but okay. It's the Knight Rider-style motorcycle, yes. which caused... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Colin, that while we were watching uh, Eye of the Tiger, kept going, look at those cyclones coming at us. It's like every every like motorcycle looked like, like a cyclone. Like, whoa! I mean, but they weren't uh, computer voiced with laser powers. Uh, laser, because there's only one laser in cyclone. Probably with a Z. Yeah. Laser. And don't watch Exterminator 2. Oh. That movie sucks. And cyclone has uh, uh, Dar Robinson, Canadian stuntman. Dar oh, Robinson. I don't know who that is. Do you? Not no. Really okay, I'm... I'm not dating myself, but please. Oh, I don't know Canadian stuntman. Wait, who is this Canadian stuntman? Give it <laughs> to us. He was like the most Canadian... Uh, okay, so he was the most famous stuntman. Uh, he jumped off the CN Tower twice. Oh, oh okay. okay. He told me that. He was in a movie called... It was Burt Reynolds' movie called Stick. 
Yes, that's right. Burt Reynolds directed it. And he did that famous fall off the building. He was like the, yeah, at the, uh, time, he was the albino uh, kind of hit me. Yeah, at the time it was the biggest like backwards fall Free or something. Free fall, yeah, like, ever. Uh, whatever. Mm. Yeah, he was, he's a very, very... And famous. he plays the Cyclone in Cyclone? He plays the bad guy. <laughs> one of the bad guy's yeah. henchmen in Cyclone. Mm, okay. There's a bunch of henchmen. In and there. don't get confused, Eye of the Tiger, like I did, with Bulletproof, another Gary Busey action vehicle. And that one was written by Fredel and Ray. So it's all like an that's incestual his, uh, family. That's about his teeth. <laughs> yeah. But I'm sure you can also probably rent or uh, buy Eye of the Tiger, but you know, maybe check out this uh, DVD. Four pack. Exactly. It's four movies for the price of one. Mm-hmm. And uh, where can people find the Crater Lake Monster? Probably in the Walmart discount bins. Uh, you can probably get it on Amazon. I would probably say for like five to seven bucks. It's like really cheap. Mm-hmm. So I would highly recommend it. You're it never going to see it. looks fantastic. Yeah, like, uh, like it looks any amazing. better. So. If you can get the Blu-ray, uh, I would totally recommend it if you're into stop motion, if you're into B-movies with monsters, <laughs> mm. uh, just kind of your regular old monster movies. It's yeah. kind of like four movies in one. There's like four <laughs> different plots going on. <laughs> yeah. like, Crater Lake is a four pack in of itself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like the Crater Lake uh, uh, universe. So it's the right. cinematic universe. <laughs> okay, that, that'll do it for this episode. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter or Instagram, I'm at April Litmansky. On Twitter, I am DeclueJ, D-E-C-L-O-U-X, and then just the letter J. Or on Letterboxd, I'm just Justin DeClue. And Colin, do you have a Twitter? Uh, yeah, it's at uh, Sergeant Zima. So it's uh, S-G-T-Z-I-M-A. What is that a reference to? It's a uh, uh, Sergeant Zim from Starship Troopers. Oh, who? Wait, who plays? Is it Clancy Brown? It's Clancy Brown. Okay, there we yeah. go. Oh, it's I one of my favorite it was Gary Busey's son. Jake Busey. <laughs> no. Who at conventions, Jake Busey says, "Do not ask me about Gary Busey." And thanks for listening. My name is April. Signing off. <laughs> Justin and Colin. Keep watching movies. I guess we need to work on an end tagline. Excelsior. <laughs>